Brother Larson, we love you. I want you to come take your liberty here tonight. Amen. Preach the word as God has put it on your heart. Praise God. Amen. Can we just go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. Let's just go ahead and magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. You know how you magnify the Lord? We can't really magnify God, but we can magnify the Lord through us. When we begin to sing His praises and give Him glory and give Him honor, that's how we begin to magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Hilton, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. You know, this is, this is dangerous when a preacher comes into this type of atmosphere where he just wants to... Something I've been learning from my good pastor is balance. And to not just go off on a tangent... Because it would be easy in this environment to start preaching about faith and preaching about this and that. But thank God that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to obey the Holy Ghost here. And uh, Pastor was all over my notes this morning. And uh, what a, a message that he uh, delivered this, this morning all the time. Um, he brings so much revelation and just clarity to the Word of God. And I'm thankful for a man of God that, that is sensitive also to the Holy Ghost, not just a teacher. He's an awesome teacher, but he knows how to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. And isn't that what we should all be wanting to do to emulate that? Amen. So I just want to give the man of God, our pastor, we call him bishop. He carries many titles. He's an elder. He's a lot of different uh, things that you could pertain to the Scripture, but I give you honor today, Pastor Riggin. I love you. I love all the ministry here at the church. I love all the people here at the true church. And I am thankful, and I concur with what Pastor Riggin said, and that is the fact that we do know how to get a hold of God around here. I don't take that lightly. And if you don't know, just stick around a little bit, and you'll learn how to get a hold of God. Because there's a lot of good people here. We're talking about elders and fathers at the men's thing, and I was so happy and so enriched by that. It was so precious to be able to hear other men testify and talk about the elders and talking about people that have been an impact in your life. And that's where, as a minister, I'm, I'm starting to learn how to better learn over the years, but now, even now, more than any time in my life, learning balance and understanding what direction that, that God wants to go, first of all, in my life and everybody else that's here today. So without further delay, uh, I want to turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. That's our text for tonight. Again, thank you for the leading of the Holy Ghost in this house. I, I definitely feel the power of the Holy Ghost. The Lord's not through yet. He wants to do something in somebody's life today. Amen. Matthew chapter 16, starting with verse 24. The Scripture says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is it a prophet, or for what is a man profited, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. And then Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8 and 18, hallelujah, love the pages, ruffling in here in the pages, hallelujah, better than a tablet can ever do, but praise God for technology as well, <laughs> amen, Matthew 8 and 18, now, when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart onto the other side. He had instructions. He had a reason. But before that happened, the Bible says, And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. Amen. Pastor, would you pray over me? 
Amen. Can they all say amen in Jesus' name? You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you on the subject today. I choose the cross. I choose the cross. I don't know about you, but I know that there's really only one way, and that is to to choose the cross and follow Jesus. For each and every one of us, we've got to follow the Lord with everything that we have on the inside of us. And we'll come back to our text, we'll come back to this passage, and we'll even look at uh, another perspective from another gospel with this same context of Scripture. I want to direct your attention to Romans chapter 6 and verse 10. The Scripture says, For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Galatians 5 and 16 tells us, Then I say then, Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Pastor was talking about that today. I'm so thankful that I'm not bound by the law. I thank God for the law, because if it wasn't for the law, there wouldn't be a foundation. There wouldn't be something that we could lean on. We got to be able to lean on the law, but it's God's grace that that really directs our paths and takes us to the places that He wants to take us. And that's why it's so important to understand one more time on a Sunday night that we've got to cherish that cross. We've got to cherish that old rugged at cross and what Jesus embraced and not just that he embraced it but because I've got to embrace that same cross I can't I can't make the atonement I can't make the sacrifice that Jesus made but in essence I understand that there's a cross that I got to carry there's a cross that I've got to pick up when everything seems to come against me I still got to hold on to that cross because that cross has never led me down a wrong path that cross has never taken me a place that's messed up my life but it's the cross in his righteousness that has changed my life and it's only the Lord that can do such a thing there's a lady that I'm quoting she said oh for a passionate passion for souls oh for a pity that yearns oh for the love that loves unto death oh for the fire that burns. Oh, for the pure prayer power that prevails, that pours itself out for the lost. Victorious, victorious prayer in the conqueror's name. Oh, for a Pentecost. Oh, for a Pentecost. What is Pentecost? When I think about Pentecost, I think about my experience. I think about what God did for me when I was in a lost and a dying world but I came into and I had a personal Pentecost and I felt the load of sin taken off my shoulder and I'm thankful and forever indebted to the Lord for doing that for me because he chose me and if you're here today he chose you I'm so thankful for the grace and the mercy of God. Again, like I said, it would have been easy to go off on a tangent and and we could have had a move of God. And I know God is already moving and He's going to continue to move. But I felt this strongly. This has been marinating in my spirit for the last couple weeks when I saw that I was on the schedule to preach and it wasn't happenstance and what you were talking about this morning and talking about the cross that we have to, you talking about the law you know, the law is 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 without without the spirit it kills and it destroys but when you co-mingle that with the spirit of God it makes it possible to be able to be led by the grace of God and the mercy of God in our lives oh I'm so thankful for a God that could orchestrate such a thing 
everything, that I can walk in His presence and I know that He's going to always be there if I choose, if I choose to pick up the cross, if I choose to carry the cross, if I choose to embrace that cross. Just as the Lord carried His cross, He's got a cross for each and every one of us to bear. He's got a cross for us to hold on to and not let go of for dear life because if we let go of the cross, we let go of our life and we begin to lose our life. But we embrace it and we choose that we're going to follow Him until Jesus comes. Hallelujah. We're going to be with Him throughout eternity and that's what the cross will do. Oh, hallelujah. I praise you, Jesus. This message today is really about our testimony today. I haven't testified. I haven't told a whole lot about the Larsons. I know the Larsons are probably pretty mysterious. And how in the world did they end up in Olathe? How in the world did they end up in Kansas City? Well, I think it's important that that some people may understand uh, why we came. So you might have more of an appreciation for what we do. And this is one of those things where, as a preacher... You don't want to testify. You don't want to be too personal because the, a lot of times people will begin to think, and I don't, I don't believe that here, but a lot of times people will think, oh, he's just, look at, look at him. He's exalting himself. But that's not the reason why we testify. The reason that we testify is to give God glory. So I'm just trying to share a little bit to you uh, to let you understand that we all have a cross. This isn't just Brother Larson's testimony and Brother Larson's uh, testimony of carrying his cross, but this is a testimony about the saints of the Most High God. Each and every one of us know that we've got a cross to carry, and that's to carry it in the name of the Lord. Everything that we do, every word, every deed, everything that we do, we do it unto the Lord for his glory so that the Father can be glorified within his sons and his daughters. Amen. Hallelujah. So I want to preach to you on the subject again. I choose the cross. Can you say that to yourself? I choose the cross. Anyone that wants to follow Jesus and be his disciples must weigh out and consider the cause. There were many that walked away from Jesus during his earthly ministry because they truly didn't count the cost of following him. The same is true in our day. Jesus truly was a man that was despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, according to Isaiah 53 and 3. The people ate the fishes. They ate the loaves. And, and they listened to the words of Jesus, but ultimately they rejected his words. Many of them walked away. They rejected his words when the prophet began to speak into their life. And they, the, 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 the burning in their heart to be able to hear the Savior speaking to them. Burned inside, but yet they didn't like what they heard. Again, Pastor was talking about that today. Jesus is, is the friend of sinners. He, he's the friend that is going to tell you what you got to hear, not what you want to hear. The prophet, every word the people had deemed the words of the Lord a hard saying. If we look at John chapter 6 and verse 66, the scripture says from that time, Many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve. Make it personal. I, I, sometimes you just got to take the word of the Lord and the questions that Jesus asked. Don't read it just as of a story. But ask yourself. This is what Jesus asked the twelve. He said, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord... To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. I can see Peter saying that with tears streaming down his face. He says, you've got the words. You got everything that I need. How can I walk away after seeing the miracles, after hearing the, the words and hearing the parables and hearing all the things that I have witnessed? You've got the words of life. How can I walk away from such a thing, but many did. Many did. Ezekiel 33 and 31 says, And they came or come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. 
And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear the words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. Jesus echoes those words in Matthew 15 and 8. He says, This people draw nigh unto me with the mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. I often wonder what drew the crowds. Was it his spectacular words? Was it the parables? Was it the stories that he told? Was it the miracles that he did? Was it the provision that he gave to people? Because many times, and where I find in the order of Scripture, Jesus never start just preaching to people. He would feed them. He would take care of their needs. He would do and, and give them the provisions that they would need. He would heal the blind. He would unstop uh, deaf ears. And then he would begin to preach, and he would begin to tell him about the glory of the Father that was in him and he would testify and tell uh, about uh, all of these testimonies and these stories and the people were captivated but I'm afraid could it be that some of the crowds during that time that came only came to see a show and be entertained oh I feel the burden of the Lord tonight on me I'm telling you, this isn't about a show. This isn't about somebody acting foolish. If I'm going to be foolish, let it be for Christ's sake. Let it be because I'm going to carry my cross regardless about what everybody else has to say or what about anybody else has to think. If this was true then, then it's also true in our day. People wanting to be served instead of being a servant, looking for a show, looking for a handout, looking, hallelujah, for what they can receive. Instead of what they can give. This of course is the opposite of what Jesus expects us to do. If we're truly going to be disciples and follow him. Jesus said in Luke 19 and 10. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So how is it that we count the cost of of being a disciple of Jesus Christ? The Lord gives us the answer in this next text. Three times, in fact, in Luke chapter 14, hallelujah, in verse 26, verse 27, and verse 33, three times he gives us the disqualifications of being a disciple. He said, you can't be a disciple unless you take heed to what I'm saying right here. So let's look at Luke chapter 14 and verse 25. And there went multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, he said, in his own life, if ye even love your own life also, he cannot be my disciples. We're serving up some meat and potatoes today. This is, this is some, some meat that's not milk. And when Jesus spoke, as our pastor was talking about earlier today, there's some things that babies in Christ, they just can't get a hold of some of the things that Jesus said. But as you develop your relationship and you go deeper, again, this is a year of depth. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful. Have you been going deeper in the Lord? Has the Word taken you deeper into His presence with revelation and knowledge of the Word of God? Amen. Who's been experiencing that? Jesus wasn't saying you need to hate your father and your mother and all these these things. But what he was really saying was, Jesus was saying, if you love anybody else, including yourself, more than you love me, you can't be my disciple. This is what the Lord was relaying. He was letting people know, you've got to love me more than anything else. How can you really even love somebody else if you don't have the love of Jesus? Because it's a reciprocal love that came from him first. He first loved us. And knowing and understanding the revelation that he first loved us uh, gives us the understanding and the revelation to know that's how we can really love uh, sinners. That's how we can really come in uh, to an atmosphere and begin to love somebody because he first loved us us. Luke 14 and 27 he said whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. And then he he gives us an illustration in the the same chapter in verse 28 he said for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it lest happily after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it All that behold it begin to mock him. Saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. 
Then he gives us another illustration. He says, or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000 or else while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an embassies, an embassage. So likewise, whoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciples. This isn't a message just to the saints. This isn't just a message that if you're a seasoned saint and you've been here for years, this isn't just a message to new converts today. This is a message to anybody that's hungry for something that the world can never give you. Somebody that's hungry, that is willing to, to give their life and totally surrender for the cause of, of the greater cause of the kingdom of God. I'm telling you today, I know it's heavy, but this is something that we have to, I'm, if anybody else isn't getting what I'm saying, I'm preaching myself today. I'm telling Brother Larson, you've got to keep on carrying your cross. Whether nobody else is willing to carry it or not, because I'm telling you, I count it precious when I see my daughter down here dancing before the Lord. To see my girls receive the Holy Ghost. To see people that I've touched with the Word of God and seen people change. I'm telling you, our pastor was telling about it. When they get the revelation and they get the knowledge over in Africa about the oneness of God in the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ. There's something there that shakes me to the center of my core and it makes me just want to continue to carry, 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 and carry it over and over and over. There's been times I've dropped it. There's been times uh, I let it go because I got in my own thinking and I got in my own place, uh, but I had to go back and I had to repent and I had to pick up that cross again to say, Lord, I love you. I continue to carry the cross that you've asked me to pick up. I continue to carry it because you said follow me and there's no other way to follow after him if you're not willing to pick up the cross. Every sinner that's never received the Holy Ghost, they've got to come to a place. They've got to come to a place and they've got to measure the cost. What is this going to cost me? Jesus likened it unto salt with no flavor. Try eating some corn or watermelon or whatever you like to put salt on with no taste, no flavor. It's worthless. So if we're not willing to pick up our cross, it's worthless. It don't mean nothing. And that's not Brother Larson saying that. That's what the Lord expects of us. Amen. Please don't think I'm just coming to preach to you saints tonight. I'm reaching for somebody, maybe somebody that might hear this some other time. I'm reaching for a soul. Whether wherever you're at right now, if you've been struggling, hallelujah, thank you, thank you, thank you for the leading of the Holy Ghost in worship. Not just tonight, but Brother Golf, what you ministered this morning in, in the leading of the Holy Ghost in song. I'll go ahead and share this with you. We were reading the song, or singing the song. Isn't it funny that songs can actually preach? Some of the, there's some of the best uh, preaching messages that you can get. But I, I stood there when I'm trying to sing, trying to lead in, in singing from the tenor uh, section. But when I heard Sister Reba begin to sing, when I was searching, he sought me out. He gave me answers, took away my doubt. And when I was struggling to find my place, I heard the sweetest song sent, me to me, sent to me from the throne, a song of love and grace. Verse 2 says, He came and, and broke the chains of sin and death and hell. Said I could use His name to defend myself. His power is my constant source of help. If anybody knows about the love of Jesus... I do. Who can point their finger in the air and say, I do. If anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I do. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. 
How can you shout if you're not willing to pick up the cross? That's how. That's what helps you give you the strength in times of discouragement. When you felt the presence of the Lord touching you and you remember singing from the depths of your soul. Oh, I, I'm not going to wait for the battle. I'm going to shout now. Regardless of what's going on in my life, I'm going to shout now. I'm going to worship now. I'm going to praise now. I'm going to read the Word of God now. I'm not going to put it off into the future because I might not have a future. I don't know, but He's the one that holds the future in my hand. He's the one that holds the future in your hand. And that's why we've got to be willing. Jesus isn't going to command somebody. He's not going to force somebody. Pick up your cross and follow me. But I see the Savior saying, pick up your cross. In a meek, with a lowly heart, pick up your cross. And follow me. The miracles I've already done, I've already seen. If you don't believe in any, for anything else, the scripture says, believe for the very works that I've done. Amen? He didn't have to prove anything. And you know, we always talk about the death, the burial, and the resurrection, but the greatest gift of all, I mean, it would have never been possible if he wouldn't have come to live amongst us. A lot of times I think we forget about that as preachers when we're preaching the word. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Amen? Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, what did he do? He justified. Freed me forever. He didn't have to prove himself. He didn't have to try to validate the things that he was doing. All he said was, pick up your cross and follow me. How many songs do we sing about picking up our cross and it's just a song. It's just words. It sounds pretty, but when we actually get up, pastor's been talking about it. Sing from your spirit. Sing from your, your soul. Sing the words. I, I remember we had a tremendous move of the Holy Ghost several weeks ago. And he, he told the, the, the singers, just, just be quiet. Let the congregation sing. And as the congregation be able to sing, there's a sweeping presence in the Spirit of God that just swept across the congregation. I, I know I felt it. I don't know who all was here when that happened, but there's something that begins to happen when you begin to bear your soul to God and are thankful for what He's doing in your life, what He's doing in my life, because it's really about His glory, and He's not going to demand anybody to follow after what He tells you in a, in a dogmatic matter. He's not, that's not how the Lord works. The Lord is gentle, and I like, I'm sorry, this is my reference here, but I like what Pastor says. He said, you know, know there's going to be tests that we're going to go through and you know what if, if, if you fail the test he's going to give you the test over again and if you don't pass it that time you're going to go over it again and again he said God's not going to give you something or direct you somewhere else if you can't pass the test where you're at right now Amen. I've been there. I'm not just preaching to you. I've been there. I've experienced it. And there's many tests over and over and over because I'm a hard-headed guy. I don't want to do it all the time the way anybody else wants it. I want to do it my way. And I'm just being transparent. I think that's kind of how we all can be a little bit. But the point is, is if we're going to pass the test, we've got to be obedient to what God is telling us to do. We got to do and take heed. We got to hear and take action into what God is wanting us to do because of the fact that it is a test. Life is a test. Hallelujah. But thank God that He's not a God that says, Oh, you missed it. Oh, you messed it up. You're going to go to hell. No, but He's going to lovingly draw us and say, Come on, my child. You can do better. You can do better. I believe in you. And the Lord will tell you that. The Holy Ghost, it's on the inside of you will do that if you decide that I'm going to continue to cherish the cross if you continue to say I'm going to hold on to the cross because the cross really is righteousness it's a choice that it's his righteousness but he begins to work with us even in our flaws oh can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise 
at one of those places. I don't know where, to, where, to, where the landing pad is right now. I, I don't know. Because I feel the Spirit of God moving and I, I can feel the weight of the Holy Ghost that's tugging on somebody's heart today. Somebody that's been praying. Somebody that's been seeking God for an answer. Somebody that has refused to let go of the cross and, and God has an answer for you today at the altar. Something that maybe a lost family member where they've alienated you and you felt like, like, like you're totally lost because they, you don't got their support. But I'm telling you today, the Lord's got your support and Jesus is with you right now and there's nothing to fret. You don't have to worry. All you have to do is pick up the cross and follow Him. It doesn't matter. We are all at the same level when it comes to the cross. We all got to. It's not just a message to one individual or a conglomerate. It's a message to that one, that one person that that's been seeking or also as a church as a whole. But we got to be willing to pick up our cross. I'm trying to testify and tell you about a little bit about how we ended up in Kansas City, but I'm going to share it with you because I believe that it's important that, you know, the Bible says that we're overcomers by the word of our testimony. And not even loving our lives under the death, which means that we, our testimony should be so strong that we're willing to lay down our life. Jesus did it, so why shouldn't we? Coming back to our original text in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 18, and the scripture says, Now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandments to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Can I tell you that's just lip service? That's all that is. Words are cheap, but words also have meaning, whether they're cheap or they're expensive, one or the other. Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. It seems to be a very harsh saying in which the Lord said, Let the dead bury their dead. This scripture has always been intriguing to me, and especially after we moved from St. Louis and moved into the Kansas City area between the years of 2016 and 2017, which I'll circle back to this verse in regard to what Jesus said about the dead. But I have to digress a little bit just to tell you a little bit about how we arrived, how we came to the Kansas City area. But what's significant about this scripture as far as the dead burying their dead is that on a personal note, my father was still alive at the time when we moved in the beginning of 2016. My wife and I, of course, our girls were very comfortable living in St. Louis. We had just purchased a beautiful home in the city of Florissant, and it was beautiful. We had more room than anything else. I think we had seven bedrooms. Three of them were downstairs, and we had four bedrooms upstairs. And it was just, just wonderful. And the Lord just totally blessed us. And we lived in a good area, not far from where my in-laws lived. And we were about a half an hour from where my dad had lived. We could drive across town and be over there pretty quickly if, if we needed to be. We had a good church family that we were a part of. And everything just seemed to, be, to have fallen into place in our lives. Um, just to precurse that before, we were in another apostolic church and it was split in half, and, and we ended up having to leave that church, and we needed healing because we were hurt. It was the only church that I had ever known, and uh, I, I don't want to go into a lot of detail, but the point was is that we were in a very place of, of, of desolation in our spirit because our pastor that we served under, and, and the, just, it was just a mess. 
and we had to leave, and, and uh, so we were in a state of healing at this next church that we went to in St. Louis, and it seemed like once we left all that, that mess, everything just started really slowly but surely seeming to come together. And we had just bought that house, and uh, I can tell you every single time that we have moved physically, every single time, the Lord has given us increase and blessing every time that we moved. And all I can say is God will back up His Word if God, if there's, if it, when it comes down to His will and what He wants to do in your life, He will back His Word from time and time and time again. Who can testify about that tonight? Who can say, Amen, Brother Larson, I know exactly what you're talking about. He's been faithful to me. Like I said, pastor was all over my notes and he talked about the favor of God and he talked about the blessing of God. Just because you have blessings doesn't necessarily mean that we have the favor of God in our life. Blessings come and blessings go. But when it comes to the favor of God, it's something totally different. And it's through carrying your cross and not giving up and not quitting. It's carrying your cross, which is what will bring the true favor of God into all of our lives. So we had a good family, church, where we were at. Everything was falling into place. We were involved in ministry. We were living for the Lord and plugged in and seemed to, to be smooth sailing. We were part of the choir. We were part of Bible studies. In fact, I had a Bible study in my home, and uh, just the Lord was just blessing, blessing, blessing. And I believe even at that time, with the favor of God, and I can just look back, it's, it's all been the favor of God. And if I'm going to have anything, I want the favor of God over the blessings of God. Because blessings are tangible, then they will, they, they're going to go with the, the, moss, the moss and the rust. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I did not want to come to Kansas City. I didn't want to come here. I just didn't want to. We had everything we needed. There was no reason in my mind why we would come here. seemed like everything was easy street. And I think it started to make me nervous because I would hear people's testimonies and I'd say, you know, I, I know where I came from, but I've heard saints' testimonies and some of the horrific atrocities that they have had to go through. But yet they held on to their cross and they're here, still here today. Elders, pastors, still here today because they chose they chose to embrace the cross no matter what life would throw at them and i can honestly say now since after i've received the holy ghost i've been through some of those atrocities myself i've been through some things myself along with my family but i've never been forsaken by the lord and it only happens because I chose the cross. I chose the cross. And again, this is hard. I'm uncomfortable preaching this because I'm not trying to elevate myself. Please. I know, that, I know most of you wouldn't think that I would do that. But I, I just, please don't think I'm trying to do that. I'm coming humbly before you and trying to testify. It's very difficult for me to share this. Because I don't want to come across that way. I love each and every one here, and I don't want to come across like I'm trying to preach to the saints. I'm, I'm not here to do that. I'm just here to, to preach what God's put on my heart. pastor told me before the service, he said, preach what the Lord gave you. And I said, yes, sir. Everybody say, but God. And I paused for the moment. But God. There's two ways of looking at these small two words, but God. The first but God is when everything is chaotic and God comes through with a big win in your life and you say, but God, turn it around. But God did the miracle. But God saw it through. But God did it. I, 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 just, I, I knew he could do it after he did it, but you've you got to say that there's, there's a place there. I wonder if uh, I really had the faith or... Was it favor or was it just a blessing? 
<laughs> but God, you say the enemy meant it for evil, but God turned it around for the good. I'm sure everyone in this room has had but God moments. So could we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Could we, could we just lift up our hands and begin to praise the Lord? For those but God moments. Oh, but God, you were there when it seemed like everything was hopeless. But but God, you came into my life and you began to comfort me with the power of your spirit. You began to counsel me and you began to talk to me to see me through. And it was after a while, after a while I could say, but God, thank you. Thank you. But God, I thank you. Oh, for every miracle and everything that you did because you're word is true hallelujah amen hallelujah I'm gonna because I don't know where the landing pad is right now I'm, I'm just saying you have an open invitation right now if you feel like God's tugging on your heart and you want to come pray at the altar don't let that stop me don't let it stop me from preaching. Don't let it ever, any minister ever stop you from coming down and getting what you need. Our pastor has taught us that. He's taught us that when, when, when God starts moving, we need to move when God is moving. We need to do that. So I'm just giving the invitation. I'm giving the altar call now. If God is moving on you, go ahead and just be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Everybody say, but God. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's two ways of looking at but God. But I'm thankful for a God that's willing to fight on our behalf, right? But even when it seems like the shadows are lurking and everything is luminous and you can't see the path except maybe a, a, maybe a foot in front of your feet. It's those times when you say, but God, you, you just blessed me. This is my testimony. This is my but God moments. You just blessed me with a beautiful house. And on top of that, Lord, our girls had their own rooms. Now we're, we moved from a, a, how, how many bedrooms, seven bedrooms plus sleeper rooms, three bedrooms, three bathrooms. Thank God we still have the three bathrooms. I got to say that with having all girls in the house. But uh, I'm just thankful that the Lord has had his hand upon us. But they, they have to share a room now. We only have the three-bedroom house. So those girls, they both share, and I get to hear them fight and getting at each other and everything. But I'm just trying to say that it's not always about the blessing. I would rather have the favor. And if I was going to give a subtitle to my message tonight, I would say I want the favor, not just the blessing. I'd rather have the favor of God than, than the blessings of God. Because the favor of God is ultimately is what's going to bring every blessing that you need anyway. And He's going to provide anyway if we get our minds focused on what God wants and not what we want. Amen. Hallelujah. But God. But God, we don't really know anyone in the area that we're moving to. But God, we really don't have any resources. We really don't know anybody except for the small little home mission church that we're going to go help. But God, my in-laws are really going to fight us and tell us that we're out of the will of God and that we shouldn't go. But God, my dad is in his 80s and what if he gets sick? Should I at least stick around here in St. Louis on his behalf, Lord? But God, but God, but God, but God, what about this? But God, what about that? For God is just wanting us to step out in faith and trust Him and say, okay, Lord, whatever it is you want me to do, I'll do it, God. I remember singing uh, as a new convert, even with my wife in our wedding, oh, Lord, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me with tears streaming down our face. Oh, God, use me, use me, use me. And then when God asked me to do something that I really don't want to do, it's like, I don't want to do it. God but if you really want to use me go ahead and use me these young people they come down to the altar and they sing that song and I'm telling you I've seen grown adults sing that song but 
You better be careful what you pray and you better weigh out the cost. Better weigh out what it's going to cost you. And the cost is, is I'm going to carry that cross. I'm going to carry that cross. Whatever happens in my life, I'm going to continue to carry that cross. I remember when I was a brand new convert, I made a vow before God. I told God, I said, Lord, whatever happens, if I fall flat on my face, you said a righteous man falls seven times, but he keeps on getting up. However many times I fail you, Lord, I made a vow before the Lord, and I said, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to leave the church. I am going to stay, regardless of how much I fail or how many victories I have in my life, but I'm going to be faithful because you have been faithful to me there was just something about it when God filled me with the Holy Ghost when God showed me revelation of his name and was baptized in the name of Jesus it changed my life so much that I made up my mind by the grace of God I was never going to walk out of the church I was never going to leave because he's never left me he's never forsaken me because I've held on to his word I've cleaved unto the word of God And when we do that, that's how we pick up our cross. That's how we live in His presence where there's fullness of joy. When you're discouraged and you begin to lift up your hand and say, I choose. I choose to carry that cross. I choose to follow you, Lord. I choose to give you my life one more time. I don't want it to just be a song. I just don't want it to be going through the motions. But I want it to be life-changing so that I can bring glory to your life. I want it to be life changing so I can be an impact in somebody's life. Hallelujah. In my heart, I knew and felt something in my spirit. And I was getting uncomfortable because I knew God was up to something. I knew God was up to something. It was like the calm before the storm. My wife had just come off maternity leave. This was back in 2016 when she uh, had hit Esther, our youngest, which is six years old, going to be turning seven in November, when she was going to start back with her employer. And over a decade with her career with a very notable Fortune 500 company, they told her that they did not need her services any longer. In fact, the lady that she trained was the one that replaced her after she came back from maternity leave. This was very crushing because my wife's position was a remote position and was able to work from home, which allowed me to do different jobs and also being able to travel and evangelize or whatever God would have me to do. And after this, all the doors in St. Louis began to shut everywhere. Every door, it seemed like we were going after every... Every resource, employment opportunities, all these different things shut in our face. Both my wife's and my roots were in St. Louis. She was on the south side and I was on the north side. And the Lord miraculously brought us together. The short end of the story was she was in foster care. And eventually, by God's mercy, was adopted into an apostolic family. Oh God, I praise the Lord for that. More than a blessing, but favor. And I was led to an apostolic church on the backside of a dead-end street in North County, a suburb of St. Louis, where we met. Our lives almost seemed like a fairy tale in how we met and how God brought us together. And over the past 20-plus years, we've had our ups and downs like any other marriage, but one thing that's clear, we've always tried to keep God first in our marriage. There have been some rocky times, but God has always seen us through. God has always been faithful. God has always been with us. Because it wasn't just in the times of distress or just in the times that, that, that we had the muddy grubs coming against us. It wasn't just in the times of bad times or good times, but we made up our mind that we were going to serve the Lord. And whatever it is that the Lord wanted us to do, we wanted to be those vessels. We wanted to be those willing vessels to God so that He could use us the way He wanted. And this is why I'm so uncomfortable preaching this. Because, again, this is not about Brother Larson. 
This is about people. This is about a church. This is about people that are Holy Ghost filled. This is about people's lives that have been changed so that we can go tell somebody else about what the Lord has done. So why are you telling us this, Brother Larson? First and foremost, as I said before, we want to just give God the glory. Secondly, I'm telling you this is a testimony in what the Lord has done in our lives. And guess what? If God could do it for Brother and Sister Larson, God can do it in any life here. I don't care how young you are, how old you are, if you're married, if you're single, whatever your desires are, and if they're in line with the will of God, you can carry that cross, and you can not just have to worry about a blessing, but have the favor of God upon your life. I'm telling you, there's something about carrying the cross that brings everything that you need in your life. Whatever it is you need, God can feel that when you seek Him first. Most importantly, I'm telling you this because you need to hear what God wants you to hear so you can come out of your comfort zone and do what God wants. I'm not telling you something that I think. I'm telling you something that I've experienced. Experience is the greatest wisdom. That's where we get our wisdom is through experience and, and relying and trusting on God. And I guess you could say I am trying to get somebody out of their comfort zone. And that's me too. I don't want to get wrapped up in, in, in my comfort zone. I want to do what God wants me to do. Is that your desire today? Is that what you want today? Hallelujah. If you want that with the signifying and the raising of a hand, can you say, I want that, God? I want the favor of God in my life. I want everything that you have for me. I don't want to miss anything, and I desire your favor over blessing. Is that your prayer today? Whatever they may be and needs, of course, to be with that blessing of pastor and seeking the face of God. So pastor is going to acknowledge that. Pastor is going to pray with you. Pastor is going to counsel with you. And I'm only saying that again because there's not any time that I've ever made an arbitrary decision. When it's come down to major life decisions, I've always, since I've been in church, I've always have, have sought after elders. I always have sought after my pastor and who I'm serving under. And I've always went to him. And again, this is not to, to lift me up, but if you have a major decision in your life, don't pack up the U-Haul truck and then go up to the pastor's office and say, oh, uh, by the way, we're moving. How do you feel about that? You can probably count on your hands how many times that's happened. It appears that God was opening doors for us to come to Kansas City, so I had been talking and getting counsel and direction from my pastor at the time. And I was hoping, I was hoping, please, Jesus, don't let them say that it's okay or don't let them even feel an inkling that it's a will of God for us to go. I was hoping he would say, you know, Brother Larson, I don't really feel it's the will of God to go. But the contrary. He said if the Lord was shutting doors here in St. Louis... And that if the Lord was starting to open doors in KC, he said, it must be God. I didn't want to hear that. But how many times when we hear the voice of the Lord speak to us? He speaks to us. And he speaks to us. And we got to pass that test. How many of you know that God's in the detail business? I can connect the dots looking backwards in the from the past to the now where the hand of God has been involved in everything in our lives. And I just give God glory for that. Jesus said in Matthew 8.22, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. Luke added to what Matthew said uh, in Luke 9, 60 through 62. He said in verse 61, he said, and another said also, Lord, I will follow thee, but... Let them first go, bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. To, to me, it seemed so hard to me to understand what Jesus had said in regarding to let the dead bury the dead. Uh, before we moved, it seemed to be uh, uh, disheartening because I didn't want to. I, I, like I said, I didn't want to move because of my dad, which really brought a lot of weight from this scripture personally. In my life, I, I could see the, the decline of my father's health. And in 2018, I had to bury my father. 
and I had to go back to St. Louis and I preached his funeral. It was before we moved, but more so after my father died that I really got a revelation from this scripture. What we really, what, what, what Jesus, what, what he really Jesus meant when he said, let the bear, dead bury their dead. Uh, you know, I could take the time to validate. I could sit here and tell you exactly what, what he meant in breaking it down. But really, to me, what it meant more than anything else and what Jesus was saying, that the dead, burying the dead, it's not about a physically burying your father or a loved one or going to a funeral when someone dies. But what Jesus meant is that you have to abandon everything else and follow him. There's missionaries that have left this country because their parents, uh, Holy Ghost filled and some not. But they had to answer the call of God on their life. They had to go because Jesus called them. But they had to be willing to lay down their cross. They had to be willing to to pick up their cross. uh, But lay down the weights and the burdens that they had. And pick up the cross. uh, And say whatever you want to do God. Whithersoever you want me to go. Send me God. I want to go. I want to do what you want me to do. Peter and Andrew did it. Bible says straightway left their nets and followed him if I can get the musicians to come. Then you have the sons of thunder, James and John. Jesus uh, uh, talked to them and the Bible says that they left their father Zebedee. They left. They, they, just, they didn't stick around because the Bible says immediately they left the ship and their father and followed him. The point is that nobody can live for Jesus. Nobody can live for Jesus like you can. The only way that that we can do that is by picking up our cross and following Him. There's people that are in the world that are dead to Christ. There's people in the world that has no idea about the blessings of God in your life, in my life, in all of our lives, in the ministry's life. Everybody here that's been filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Everybody here that's seeking after God. They have no clue. The people in the world have no clue. Many of them haven't even measured it out. Hallelujah. But to the ones that have willingly chose to pick up their cross, Jesus said in John 10 and 27, He said, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Our duty as disciples of Christ is to choose the cross. Do I get a witness? And let the dead bury the dead. In other words, people that are spiritually dead, that are without Christ, let them tend to the things of the natural things of this world. This is what Jesus really meant when he said, let the dead bury their dead. Our privileged duty is to follow Jesus and pick up our cross, which is his will and what he wants in our life. So what, what is picking up our cross? It's denying dead worldly pursuits. It's denying what's comfortable in doing the Lord's will. It's truly following Jesus and not just claiming and professing Him in the name of Christianity. When we pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we become spiritually alive and become powerful instruments in the Lord's hands which pertain to His kingdom. Again, the title of this message, I choose the cross. Matthew 16 and 24 says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So why? Why do I choose the cross? John chapter 5, 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. The cross is ugly. The cross represents the crucifixion. The cross represents death. Who really wants to embrace that? But when you understand that through death and through repentance, that's really what repentance is, is willing to die to self and and turn from the things of the world so that God can really have His way the way He wants it. It's not just about experiencing Pentecost. It's not just about getting your sins washed away, but living unto the Lord and carrying your cross. I've got to carry my cross. We've got to carry our cross. I know I may seem redundant, but I'm just hoping that what I'm saying is getting to you. 
in the burden that I'm feeling today in my spirit. Why do I choose the cross? Now, if we be dead with Christ and believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over Him. I opened up in this text, for in that He died, He died unto sin once, but in that He liveth, He liveth unto God. And the Bible says, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can accomplish this. By choosing the cross. You can yield in one way or the other. But choosing the cross is righteousness. Last time I preached, I was preaching about the joy of the Lord. In essence, I'm preaching about God's righteousness. And that's choosing the cross. So I guess the next message I'm going to preach is about the peace of God. We'll just make it a series. Hallelujah. Romans 6 and 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. But this is how. Everybody say this is how. This is the works that Jesus talks about. This is how. It says, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. That's the works, is yielding ourselves to the work of the Holy Ghost so that we can get self out of the way, so that the Spirit of God can move us in the direction that He wants us to go. Where you lead me, Lord, that's my prayer. I will follow. I will follow. Why do I choose the cross? I got other scriptures, but I will say this in closing. Picking up your cross and following Jesus brings liberty, not oppression. Let me say it again. Picking up your cross is what truly brings the liberty of the Holy Ghost in our life. Not oppression. I've been reading the book by John John Lambeth. In fact, I've read it with my whole family. And it has changed some things in my thinking. Because rules are meant to be broken, he mentions in his book. But if you understand the principle, and that's why I thank God every day for a pastor that's not just a preacher, but a teacher of the Word of God. When we understand the principles of God, it's a lot harder to break rules. In this life that I live, and my family lives, and that you guys live, it's not just a bunch of standards, and not just a bunch of things that we do, just because we do it because it's rules but because it's liberty and it comes from the word of the Lord and that is really picking up the cross so that we really can have liberty in our spirits and be able to walk in the spirit the way God intends us to walk in the spirit. I'm just about done if we could stand. Hallelujah. In reference to Matthew 16, 24. Jesus what plainly was saying in other words, Whoever wants to be my, my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So what is taking up your cross and following Jesus? I've said it before. It's, it's, it's going through those hard times and not dropping it. And if you do, you can pick it back up. I'm reaching for somebody today. If you need the Holy Ghost or there's something that you've been seeking in, in your life... Today is the day that God wants to minister. I, I, just don't, I just pray that we just don't go through another service, but that we really touch the Lord with all of our heart, with everything that we have, so that we can walk out of this place changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. The biggest question that one has to ask themselves is, am I willing? Am I willing? You know, I'm working on another sermon about ministering unto the Lord. But, you know, really that's what it's about. And I, I looked for a lot of scriptures. And the last scripture that I found that I thought was most meaningful comes out of James chapter 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. The greatest way that we can ever humble ourselves with before the Lord 
is to pick up that cross and say, I'll follow you, Lord. Wherever you go, that's where I want to go. This altar's open today. This altar's open today. Somebody asked a missionary, what is missionary life like? And you know what that missionary said? They said missionary life is simply a chance to die. Just a chance to die. We don't ever know what, our, what holds in our future. But right now, today is the day of salvation. We can carry the cross. And you can say to yourself today, I've made up my mind. I choose, I choose, I choose to, to carry the cross. I choose. And I close with this thought. I close with this thought. Some things that you have to take sometimes to the altar and ask God either to take it or leave it and to seek out with Him what His will is. If I've got to carry this thing, Paul said, you know, I, I want it to be removed. I want you to take it away. But Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. And Jesus is saying the same thing to you if there's something that you have to go through in your life, if that's what you want, Lord. And it was Brother Caleb Akers at the youth camp down in Oklahoma that was preaching on the last day session before the evening service. And he preached about taking things to the altar. There were some things that day that I had to take to the altar. And through reevaluating some things, I began to see some things that just didn't matter anymore. Things that I had been holding on and things that I had been trying to carry. This preacher right here trying to carry certain things that I was never meant to carry. Brother Hilton. Carry things that shouldn't be carried. But if we would just pick up our cross, the things we are trying to carry, we will be so much easier because Jesus is the burden bearer. I said Jesus is the burden bearer, not us. That's why he tells us in Matthew, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's an altar here today. If you need renewal or you need the Holy Ghost, God is here but you've got to be willing to pick up your cross and follow Him. Amen. Let's, let's pray.